0: You know, I um, it's, it, by probably like some of you, I've been really troubled this week with the, the news of the shooting in Florida and the sort of the seemingly uh, endless, soul-numbing ways in which these events seem to come one after another. I, I, I don't know, I don't really know the answer, but I know that it's not tolerable and that we are getting sort of used to it and that we see the sort of the same cycle repeat over and over again is, is troubling to me, and I, and I imagine to, to you as well. And as a, I think I've had the fortune that, uh, uh, mostly as a younger man, I've had the opportunity to live in, in lots of different places. I've lived in, I don't know, nine or ten different states here in the U.S. across my life. I, uh, I think I've mentioned before that when I was getting ready to move here, we kind of calculated that in the last 34 years, I've had 26 addresses. So I've, I've moved around a lot. I'm planning to not move around so much anymore these days, but um, I've also had the opportunity to live overseas. I've lived on three other continents. I've lived in Europe. I've lived in Africa. I've lived in Australia. So I've had the opportunity to kind of see people all over the world and all over the nation. And one of the things I've learned is that um, people are pretty much people. They're kind of everywhere you go, everybody kind of wants the same things. They want to be with people they love. They want to have purpose and meaning in their lives. They want to contribute through work and in the betterment of their community. And they want their children to thrive and be successful. And as, as Americans, I don't think we have any particular um, virtue compared to other people's we aren't we aren't better in some sort of way that I've I've really noticed at the same time we aren't particularly worse than other people's as well we're kind of like people everywhere we all want the same things and this is one of these sort of the overriding messages of Jesus's gospel that that there are not divisions amongst us that all of the people of the world are God's beloved and God wants all of them to to thrive and to do well. And when I think, uh, one of the nice things about living far away from, from the place you grew up is you get to sort of see it from different eyes. You get to take another perspective. And I think there are, there are things about America that are, are truly magnificent, but there are things that are, are troubling and difficult as well. And, and a couple of sort of cultural traits I've, I've noticed over the years is, uh, for the first is, we're really individualistic. I think more so than lots of other people. I don't think that it's uh, not present in other places but we have really lifted up the value of individuals and it's, it's sort of a myth that I think we created mostly in the, in the 20th century through movies but, but you know we, we see this all the time. We have uh, a fascination with sort of a, you know, the movie like High Noon, the one person who's going to come out and save us. We, we are lifted up individual rights higher than, than most other people's. One of the things I notice in conversations here is compared to when I lived overseas is we talk a lot about our rights, our rights as individuals. We don't talk as much about our our obligations or our responsibilities. Another interesting cultural trait I've noticed is we tend to have an op- a sense of, of finding simple solutions. Get rich, quick schemes. You know, one simple answer that's going to solve all of our problems. And, and people across the world are, are prone to this, but it's something that I, I see a little more pronounced here um, in America. Right? That uh, there's a reason that there it seems to be a casino now Uh, in every county of the state there's a reason that that people line up to buy lottery tickets right and and it it works in good ways right that we we are looking for solutions to our problems but at the same time it kind of gets in the way um, of finding solutions to some of more difficult problems because not every trouble that we face has a, a simple answer that in fact the solutions to the problems that we set us are complex because the problems that we face are complex. And, and I think the last sort of trait um, that I, I notice, and it kind of builds on that, the first two is we are really interested in finding a Messiah. We, we are fascinated by the idea of, of one person who can come and solve all of our problems right we see it culturally like I said in like you know the high noon kind of movies where where the lone sort of sheriff is going to face down all the bad guys and save all the rest of us in town and we don't need to do anything we just need to make sure that that right person comes along we see it in our pop culture and in our fascination with superheroes because as far as I can tell the only movies they make anymore have to have comic book heroes as the main character now I'm sure that there are other movies being made but Um, those are certainly seem to be the most successful and we see them in in all sorts of iterations. We love a good superhero to come and save us from ourselves and we see it in our politics right? I don't know about you but you know, the president, if you look in the Constitution, the office of president is fairly limited. But we see that every year, or every four years, I guess, being looking for a king who can come in with all of the solutions and problems and, and save us again from ourselves. We, and we see this in our history. There was lots of sort of strange religious movements in the 19th century where they were convinced that the Messiah, the Messiah, was returning imminently. As people, we are are really interested in this idea of a savior coming to deliver us and we look for it in humans which is probably not the best place to go looking for it. And when we look at our our problems especially this problem of of mass murders right And, and I know that that's just a tiny sliver of the kind of you know violence and crime that we see and in fact overall violent crime in America is at levels it hasn't seen since the 1960s. There's way less violent crime in our nation than ever. And, and some things haven't really changed. You know, guns have always been present in American society. In fact, today, fewer households own guns than in the past. And yet, we seem plagued by angry men with axes to grind who take out their anger and their frustration on innocents. Children in school get murdered. People in church get murdered. We've talked with the local police about how we can keep ourselves safe. At our diocesan convention, we had armed guards, armed guards at a gathering of church people. We've seen people murdered in movie theaters, in their offices, at concerts. Again and again and again, we see murderous frustrated men taking out their problems on innocence and the truth is that Jesus offers us no policy prescriptions to deal with this Jesus is remarkably lacking in public policy prescriptions but I think in this in this example of his life it does point to us a path forward because when we look at these temptations that Jesus goes off into the desert to face, mark doesn 't really go into details, but we know from the other gospels that, that traditionally we 've held up three temptations, and the first temptation was was to turn bread or sorry turn stones into bread, and the second temptation was to um, stand at the top of the highest spire of the temple and to throw himself off of the temple, trusting that the angels would save him. And the third temptation, of course, was Satan took him to the highest mountain and showed him all of the nations and kingdoms of the world and said that Jesus could be in charge of all of them if he would just bow down to Satan. These three temptations, I think, kind of encapsulate the problems that, that we see and the temptations that we face. Because they are, um, in the words of a, a famous theologian named Henri Nguyen, they, they encompass a, a, a temptation to be relevant, a temptation to be spectacular, and a temptation to be powerful. And I think when we look back on those, those cultural traits that, we, that I outlined earlier, we see these temptations at work. We see the temptation to be individualistic. We see a temptation to be uh, spectacular, to find short-term solutions. And we see this temptation to find somebody else who can solve our problems for us. Someone who can be powerful and righteous. And Jesus, it's important to remember, rejects all of these temptations. He rejects these solutions that we continually seem to be looking for. And as Christian people, I think we have a special duty to to hold up and look at these temptations, especially in this, this season of Lent, and to see the ways that maybe we participate in them. And as good Christian people, I am sure and hopeful that many of us are able to resist these temptations. But we have a special role to not just save ourselves, but to be looking out for the betterment and the thriving of our whole community and to show up to our whole community the danger of these temptations, and to show us that there is another way, the way of Christ. Because the way of Christ rejects the idea that we are individuals, that we are all in it for ourselves. It's about me and mine. Because the gospel of Jesus tells us very clearly that it is about us, And that none of us will truly be free and none of us will truly thrive and none of us will live into the people we were created to be if we don't work to help everybody around us to do the same. That the perfect freedom that Jesus offers comes through a commitment to community. And we will never achieve the the goal that Christ has laid out for us so long as we are looking for simple solutions. Because the path of Christ is not an easy path. It is not a broad highway. It is a crooked trail. It is difficult to walk. And again, we cannot walk it all by ourselves. We can only take the path of Christ with others. It is not about my salvation, about my relationship to God. It is about our salvation and our relationship to God. Christ on the cross opens his arms to the whole world that they might come into his embrace. Not just the good people, not just the special people, but all the people of the world. And we will never achieve the kingdom of God by looking for someone to come and save us. That we have been given a mission in partnership with Christ to continue that ministry that he began. It's true that we do await his ultimate coming. And we do expect that one day the whole world will be under Christ's reign and that the tears will no longer flow and the pain will no longer be felt and death will be known no more. At the same time, Christianity is not a passive faith of waiting. It is an invitation to action, to work today. Because as the gospel told us, the kingdom is near. It's not far away. It's near. It's so close we can almost touch it. We can feel it vibrating in our bodies. We know that God is present with us in our lowest lows and our highest highs. That no matter what we face, what pain, what suffering, what brokenness that we experience, we can have confidence that our God is there and present with us. That in the time of trial, if we trust in God, we know that we can respond in faith. And we have confidence because of Jesus' resurrection that no matter what happens to us, even death itself, that is not the end of us. That we continue in God's love and presence. And that we can look forward to a day of resurrection and reunion. That we will never find the salvation we look for so long as we are looking out only for ourselves, so long as we are looking for simple solutions, and so long as we are looking for somebody else to do the hard work for us. We are called to the hard work together. That Jesus Christ and his example shows us That the only way through the difficulties of this world is through an unwavering commitment to the will of God and an unwavering commitment to the people of God, who it turns out (laughs) are everybody. That we are all beloved children of God. God wants all of us to thrive, to do well, to prosper, to know love, to see our children thrive, to find meaning and purpose in our lives. Jesus offers us that invitation. Jesus shows us the way to solve the problems that we face, not through necessarily a particular policy, but by a particular way of life. And as Christian people, it is incumbent upon us to show the world the temptations to which they face and the solutions that Christ offers us. Amen.